Hunter, it has been too long, my friend. Cody, it certainly has. I missed you so much. Well, we still we still saw each other, but for the sake of this, yes, I missed you. <laughs> I mean, this is really all that matters, though. That's true. I guess everything out there, this is the real, and everything else out there is just, it's all just a simulation. Just Black Mirror stuff, man. That's I mean, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure they made an episode about this. <laughs> Two dudes sitting in their <laughs> office recording a podcast at what at eight forty at night for me. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> uh, well, I did get a new microphone, so hopefully it sounds better. It does. It sounds really good. What kind of microphone did you get? So it's the uh, Blue Yeti Blackout, but it's the one that is uh, it's designed, or I guess marketed or whatever towards streamers um i was at best by looking and i was between two of them that i saw this one that was like 25 percent off because the box had a hole in it so i was like well, that's a no-brainer right there so i grabbed it got a got a pop filter and everything man i'm all sorts of professional now oh yes i mean i'm i did this and i about quit my job just to do this full time <laughs> one of these days uh that's the hope you know we'll have that uh podcast network empire going that's right back obviously back by popular demand we are it's been a significant break for mm-hmm. us because we had a lot of life stuff take priority but yeah i'm tired of life uh, me too <laughs> but but the good news is I have been approached so often from different um, like pockets of my my social circle of uh, people who are like, hey, when are you guys going to record some more? So this is for you. If you said, hey, record again, it, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Yeah, man, I've had uh, I've had family. I've had some friends mention it. And uh, at work this week, I've been suddenly throwing it into the conversation. Yeah, me and my buddy are starting our podcast back up. Go check it out. So <laughs> uh, we're going to hopefully get, get our following back. What were we in like six different countries or something crazy? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, man, life. What's, what's, been, what's been new with you? Oh, what hasn't been new? <laughs> um, you know, just uh, I guess I guess – you know, people always fall back to work, but especially with what I do, every day is something new and something a little bit different. So we've had basically a fast forwarding of <laughs> of of the way things were during the pandemic. So things really slowed down during COVID and the supply chain issues, if you know, if you have been living under a rock, you wouldn't know about that. But everyone else is fully aware of the supply chain issues, whether you are a consumer or you work in the industry. There are issues out there that we're still feeling the effects of today. Uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. But basically what happened was everything got delayed. So on our customer end, you know, people weren't as anxious to spend money. I'm not sure why. <laughs> weren't as anxious to spend money. Um, we couldn't get 
commercial items ordered. So our vendors were delayed. So here we are in the middle of this incredibly complex equation, which is then compounded by the inability to get parts and the inability to receive payment. And so we just had a significant backlog of, of projects. And we actually had to rent a, a second facility about five minutes down the road from oh, wow. our facility because we had so many machines on the floor. We just could not house them all. So once the tap started to open back up, the world started moving again. The supply chain started moving. It was very, very slow at first. And once we started getting things, then all the work picked back up. So we've, we have been burning through backlog and also getting new jobs. So projects that have sat for almost two years are now nearing completion. And it's, you know, it's, it's been insane. So the, the scope of the work is similar. The daily tasks that I go through are always a little bit different, but it's it's almost like it's on steroids right now because everything is so it's it's almost back to normal, but that doesn't even feel correct because back to normal now means like now we have to play catch up. Yeah, six thousand so, miles an hour. Right. So it's it's been great. Our, our customers have been really good to work with. I mean, everybody felt the effects of, of the slowdown, but we have been, we have been moving and we have five active projects on my team right now that we are trying to get finished and out the door as quickly as possible. And these are like massive assembly lines i'm talking like take up half a warehouse massive holy they are very very complicated systems so it's it's uh it's a thing so um that's been work and i know that we will dive in deeper on this later on but we bought a house and that whole process was enough to oh to talk about oh which my. which uh so I, I know we'll we'll zero in on that a little bit later because there's plenty to talk about there but we we did buy a house in the midst of all this and um that was a thing and we took our time moving which is both a good thing and a bad thing and now we finally got to the point where we're just kind of settling in you know things are are falling into routine um had our first insurance claim on the house so yay uh, i know it's just <laughs> i'm ticking off all the boxes you know so um other than that like i i got really 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 good traffic and and feedback and business out of my side hustle where i do 3d printing services on the side and i sell through etsy and I saw pretty good uh, numbers throughout the end of last year. And then January, I almost matched my performance for the entire previous year in one month. Wow. This January. So good for you. I appreciate it. It's been great. I've, I've enjoyed working with, with people and I, I've been getting good feedback and I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to have my own little 3D printing side side gig and, and now I'm able to do it and it is it's been good. I'm I've been enjoying it. That's awesome, man. I'm uh 
I'm always a fan of everyone uh, having some kind of little side hustle that, especially something you enjoy, because yeah, I've always said for work, you got to do something you can stand going to every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. You you got that going. Man, one month though, knocking out the previous year. That's killer. It was insane. I got so close. I thought I was going to pass it, but I, I didn't quite meet it. I got close to meeting it. But yeah, it was it was still something to celebrate no matter what. Getting close in itself was an achievement. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, going back to the house, I also purchased a house in the last uh, eight months. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, moving up to... Uh, to an adult here adult but man like you mentioned it, it it's a lot <laughs> it, it is. is it is a lot uh yeah I'm, I'm still at the same job but yeah moving and everything like that for homes is is something else but we can we can hit on that here in a little bit um oh, yeah. so just wanted to tell you all kind of the layout uh we've tried to re restructure to make this a little easier on us because you know life and priorities and mortgages and all that fun stuff so uh, we're going to be moving the podcast to every two weeks every other week for now if everybody just blows it up and it's like oh my gosh we need more well we'll look at that later but i'm uh, going to keep the long form every two weeks um hopefully have a little better quality for you uh we've We've been out of this so long, Hunter. I don't know if we remember even how to do it the right way. <laughs> these these first couple episodes may be a little rusty, and just bear with us. We'll get back at it, you know. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's uh something we we've been talking about for months, it seems, and uh, something always came up and just wasn't. Uh, it, it was lower on the immediate priorities. So I'm 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 glad we're able to get back into it. I I hope everybody enjoys it as much as we do. Uh, I'm sure if you heard that we got the new intro going on there, which is super exciting. I think that was worth every yes. every penny. One of our uh, good friends, Andrew, uh, mixed that up for us, and uh, I, I don't think he could have captured it any better. I mean, yeah, just... he, he's incredibly talented. He does this work. Um, he does this work for other people, and naturally – he knew us, we knew him, and we we knew of his skills, and we we knew that that was going to be the only person who could appropriately make us an intro. So we will continue to plug him until the cows come home. Um, in the description of this podcast, you can find, with his permission, of course, whatever links he he wants me to give, <laughs> where you can find him, and hopefully we can drum him up some some business if necessary. Um, it's, uh, it's always good. We, we like plugging our friends, but especially if they're talented, which they are. So, yeah. um, <laughs> far more than, than I, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, uh, I just, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't take much to talk, but what he does is, <laughs> is leagues above. So he's incredible. I got to sit in his office. Uh, Bree and I went to visit him and his wife and, I got to sit in his little music room office combo thing and watch him work. And I was just blown away. I was like, I, I understand some of this from my live mixing experience, but 
it's it's also very new and very nuanced and you have to be talented it's not just something you can hit buttons and do so i was impressed that and that was before um that was before i think he even had mentioned maybe it was that day he said hey we could we could do an intro for you and i was like oh wow yeah let's do it so it was just it was a fun experience to to see that and then to work with him through the process of of getting the intro so it feels personal it feels intentional and that's what we wanted yeah absolutely and we'll we're going to try to get andrew on here with us sometime kind of talk about what he does but uh he's a friend from school he studied you know engineering like majority of the <laughs> the people we know but he also studied <laughs> music and i'm sure he's forgotten more about everything he's learned than i'll ever even know so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, super he talented. Did, he did promise he'd come on, so I'm going to hold him to it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we'll we'll get him on here and let him plug all of his stuff. Because if if you're in need of anything, you know, music related, uh, he's he's your guy to go to. He's he's so good for it all. But yeah, so no more YouTube. Super sweet new intro there, um, and. We kind of shifted how we're handling things. I have pawned off the joyous task of uh, kind of doing the back end work on Hunter, and I'm going to handle some more of the social presence. So, since we don't have YouTube now, well, we still got the channel, I guess, but we're not going to be actively uploading on there now. Uh, our social presence, and I'm really going to try to build it up, is going to be on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, it's at the Sun Pod. And Instagram, now I'm just going to divulge a little bit. I got a little bit of a beef with some random person I've never met because they have that Instagram handle. Oh. Yeah, and it's also for obviously a podcast. I don't know how active it is because I got aggravated and went away and I tried my best to see if there is some way it could work it in. So... The Instagram handle is at the sun pod with a period after every word. So the dot sun dot pod. That's as close as I could get. I, I'm a little heated still, Hunter. Um, uh, well, you I'll know what I mean? We're just going to have to sue them. You know, we're just going to have to sue them. <laughs> sue them because they got there first. <laughs> this is America. If you can't you. sue for, for less, I don't want to be here. <laughs> But yeah, go and uh, go and follow on on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, ramping up now that we're recording again, we'll have some more little snippets. Uh, Instagram, I shared the uh, just a little snip of the intro, so if you've not listened to that, go check it out. Um, but converse with us on Twitter, Instagram if you need to. But Twitter's going to be the primary. Uh, primary conversation platform. So uh, go on there, follow us, converse, comment on it, tell tell us what you liked and what you want to hear. Mainly it's going to be the primary form of communicating because I think the Twitter or mobile layout's better than Instagram. That's literally the sole reason. So Fair go enough. on there. Uh, it's super easy. I, I try to I try to post daily, but sometimes it's every other day or every couple of days. People love it. 
but, but yeah, go on there, follow us. Um, I try to share funny stuff and everything that's going on, but that will be our primary form of communication. So uh, maybe if we can blow this up enough, we can migrate our way one day in the distant future into adding a video format. I think that's what all the big time podcasters do, but we're not there yet. I don't think anybody wants to see us converse with two 720p Logitech <laughs> webcams. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally, I think I bought mine so I could do my thesis defense and that was all. <laughs> that was literally the reason I bought mine. Yeah, I think I think that's the reason I bought mine too. Oh. Uh, the reason, I, I don't think we touched on it. Uh, for the people who preferred YouTube, the three of you that are out there, uh, we appreciate that you were following the YouTube channel and watching there. Um, obviously, the podcast doesn't have a video component like we just said. Eventually, it is a stretch goal of ours to have that. But we were just checking on the performance of, you know, how the how the podcast performs on Spotify or other, you know, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast service. And the numbers for YouTube were just abysmal. I don't think we cracked double digits on more than one video. And so it just allows us to focus more on the things that people are viewing and are listening to on the platforms that are, that are most active. It lets us put our focus there. Um, if YouTube was to blow back up, I'd say it wouldn't be too hard of a transition to go back yeah. to that. But for now, it just doesn't seem like that's where it's happening. And that's fine with us. Uh, we yeah. knew this was going to be a little bit of an experiment and we don't mind, especially with, with how broad the the reaches in terms of the audio formats with apple podcast spotify those are the two main ones but it goes out to a bunch of other uh, podcast services as well we we see a pretty wide reach and youtube is just such a small piece of that we we thought maybe put that on the back burner for now so if it's something that you're interested in of course engage on the socials and let us know because the the best way to tell us that you want it is to tell us that you want it so be sure Math. to do that <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um but that's that's why we we pulled youtube for now and we're gonna leave the channel up like cody said but um i figured for those who decided that's where they wanted to watch it they deserve a little bit of a of a reason why and it's nothing against you i promise we love you exactly but download spotify oh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh Get, yeah, blow the Spotify up so we can get that two cents for the thousand streams. It's so easy. And Spotify, <laughs> you can play it with your screen off. Which is the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, nothing aggravates me more than when I'm trying to watch a YouTube video, but then I'm like a text message or something comes in and then YouTube just closes it, it's a little better for Apple now anyway that they've added the picture in picture, but mm -hmm. I used to get so frustrated. <laughs> well, the functionality uh, is there. I mean, they could put it in the app if they wanted to, but they put it behind a paywall. If you do YouTube premium, you get all those features. Yeah. So it just, it's, a little, it's a little rough sometimes, but Spotify is friendly to that type of thing. So if I'm at work and I put on a podcast on Spotify, which I do often, I can leave my phone screen off and save battery. That's the way to go, man. Uh, and if you just diverging a little bit, if you go onto Twitter um, 
and or Instagram. I have a link tree that should be added in there. I mean, I'm telling you, everybody, we're branching out. We are. We're going global here. Um, I got the link tree that has links to the Spotify and all the social stuff. And if we add any other fun stuff, I'll add it in there. But one click should take you right where you need to go. Uh, all sorts of goodies that way. So, Andre, uh, this just feels right. It does, doesn't it? It's like slipping into an old pair of shoes, but not one that, that has like a hole in it. Yeah, it's like that. It's that one pair that they're they're good and worn, and your wife has told you to throw them away or to not wear those with that outfit, but you just have to because they they just fit so right. I mean, I know. Have you ever thought uh, about? Have you ever thought if we zoom out from that analogy for a minute? Have you ever thought about? <laughs> it's always an old pair of shoes or fits like a glove. Nobody ever. Nobody ever talks about like a really comfy pair of underwear. This podcast is sponsored yeah. by I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> This podcast just is sponsored by us. Uh. <laughs> no, for real. Nobody ever talks yeah. about a, comf- a comfy pair of underwear. That makes all the difference. If you have a bad pair, it'll ruin your day. Oh, it does. And I, I am a person who ever since I got to the point where I was buying my own clothes. I found one pair that like a brand that I like and that's all I wear until they literally get holes in them and I have to throw them away. Yep. I mean, you're, you're right on man. Uh, uh, and, and I even have a favorite pair that of that brand that I wear. I mean, it, you, you are spot on and that should be an analogy, you know, it let's, should be. I'm going to start using that in my, in my daily interactions. I'm going to try to slip it into at work tomorrow. Normalize talking about your underwear with your coworkers. I mean, that's how it should be. You should be able to talk about anything. Exactly. <laughs> so let's all make an effort to bring that into the cultural zeitgeist where we're talking about our underwear and how comfortable it is. <laughs> and you know what? You may even need to show the people. Should. I mean, just just pull yeah. them right out. No, don't do that. I don't want anybody to get fired or written up or whatever they do at your place. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, reeling it back in. I'm with you. That should be something that's used more because that's about the most underrated thing. I mean, I think every, I'm sure women do too, but I know every guy has a favorite pair of pants that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I got a lot of shirts that I like. I can deal, you know, if a, with socks, even, even if they get like a hole in them while I'm wearing them because they're worn out, I can deal with it. But man, if you have a pair of, boxers or or underwear that just they just don't fit right or they ride up your day is miserable yeah it, you might as well have just gone back to bed yeah just just go home i mean it's yeah. <laughs> it's one of those especially yeah. i may i don't know if women do this or not but for men we've all done the the subtle leg shake you know <laughs> as as you turn a corner look over your shoulder make sure nobody's behind you shake 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 <laughs> and try to keep going <laughs> Yeah, and man, if they don't fit right, you start chafing on the legs, and Ugh. and that's a miserable day, yeah. uh, especially when it gets hot out. But I'm with you. I mean, there's nothing like a good pair of underwear, and I think it needs to be normalized talking about it. That's right. This is our petition. Your body is your temple, all of it. So, so clothe it in gold. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, this definitely feels right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. Uh, 
Hunter, before we really delve into, I want to talk about home buying, but before we delve into that, I know you are a video game player. Have you played Hogwarts Legacy yet? <sighs> no. And well, I have reasons. We don't have to get into them. But well, I'm going to tell I, you. I've made the choice to not. We bought a PlayStation 5 specifically to play this game. Okay. Well, I've played it a lot more, but this game is so fun. It is. I keep hearing it. It is one of my favorite games I've ever played, and I've played a whole lot. So a little bit. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, I'm just, I could just rave on and on about it. Uh, I, the game is great, and, you know, we, we don't have to go into too much detail on why or why not. But the main point I wanted to get across and kind of talk about was, have you seen people when they're posting about it or, or whatever online, you know, some people are doing like an evil build or a good build, like their their playthrough style. I know you can be very customized, but I I don't. Admittedly, I've after after I made my decision to not buy it, I kind of stayed away from conversations around it. And because I'm not like actively engaging with that, I don't see a lot of recommendations. So I see memes every now and then, but um, my my feeds are usually pretty tailored away from from anything about it well not even going so much into the game but you know you can you can pick pick your house where you want to go and you know everybody will just like in the movies they'll have their own uh i'm going to you know where i would i got sorted to on Pottermore and doing all that i'm gonna play like that character so you have some is that, people is that what you did well i'm, I'm getting there oh sorry i'm so yeah. excited to know <laughs> So you've had some people that have done an evil build where, you know, there's a few decisions you make in the game and uh, there's some relationships that you build with different characters. And, you know, you've got the the nice choice or you've got the, the sarcastic or mean choice and all that. Well, I have made the decision where I'm going to play it like a normal person and <laughs> I call my play style morally ambiguous. <laughs> and the best example that i can give you is you know one of the little side quests you can do is there's a younger student at the school that her friends take her toys and you have to go and like find them around the castle like they put them up high where she can't get to them hmm. so i was like yeah i'll do that you know side quest um you know be, be the nice character build that relationship no sooner than I finished it, I went into the town that's in the game, and <laughs> there was a side quest from a random guy in a back alley at night. <laughs> Promising. And, yes, and <laughs> the side quest was for <laughs> the side quest was for me to go in and to rob his former business partner. Oh. <laughs> So, I do it. I go in, and he has a plant shop, and you have to go steal his like prized plants. So, I I do it, of course. And you know, as I'm coming out of this cellar, there's a NPC on there, and he yells, "I saw that!" And then he like starts screaming and chasing you around. 
But then I went back to the guy and had the conversation, and then I extorted him for some more money. To you know, he said he'd pay me, but I was getting a little more galleons as the game currency. Right. So it just made me think because that was kind of the point it hit. It's like morally ambiguous. I'm going to help these kids, but then I'm going to rob a complete stranger for another stranger in a dark alley at night. I mean, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's the playthrough I've decided to go with. <laughs> that seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And there's like this one part where, you know, you can catch the the magical beasts that are around and you have a house elf that's kind of showing, showing you the controls and everything. Well, I accidentally opened my bag that like sucks the animals into it. I accidentally aimed it at the house elf and he got mad at me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I felt bad for it. I mean, it's a game, but... That that's just the that's the play style that that I've I've opted for on this first run is uh, is to be morally ambiguous. Like my classmate, he's trying to help his sick sister. He's one of the the main relationships you can build. His sister's very sick, so I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I'll help you. But then I do it by using all the forbidden curses on people that we fight. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so you know, never works. Yeah, morally ambiguous. I think I think that if if anybody plays it, that's the way to do it. Don't don't be evil because I mean that's too easy. You can that's just an easy plot line. All the bad choices. <laughs> don't be good because then you don't get to see all the some some of the other stuff that's in there. Just be ambiguous with it. <laughs> never let them know what you're doing. Right on. <laughs> oh. oh man. So what uh, what house are you? I went with Gryffindor on this one. Uh, okay. I, bef- when I picked, I had read that there was one particular house that you got to go to Azkaban, and I wanted to do that, and I figured it was either Slytherin or Gryffindor. Turns out it's like Hufflepuff, so oh. I won't be playing that one for a while. But, uh, yeah, I just went Gryffindor on the first one. I, I thought I'd just keep it, keep it classic. Yeah. You know, just... Cause I'm, I'm a, you boys are Gryffindor over here. So, <laughs> have you done the test? The, the yeah, test. The, the test to see if like like they quiz you on which. Oh yeah, yeah. On Pottermore, uh, I, 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 gosh, I did that years ago. I, <laughs> I'd even forgot about it and had to go and find my my login for it. But <laughs> yeah, I did, I did all that fun stuff, and that's a really cool aspect of it and i think that more games are going to include it where you can do stuff outside and link those accounts and it'll bring the the aspects into the game like the wand that i got was you know obviously on part of more it gave it to me but in the game you have kind of like that one ceremony i'll call it and it's whatever you link to it which is super cool and i think more more games are going to have that in the future and I'm here for it. Cause that's, that's such a cool aspect. Yeah. That's you know, pretty neat. one of the most sold games in the world and you can bring in stuff to make it personal to you. I mean, that's just neat. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a pretty cool feature. Um, my background with the whole franchise of Harry Potter, and this is just like getting you caught up to, uh, <laughs> a history lesson i'm sure we've talked about this before but i was not allowed to read the books or watch the movies or anything uh growing up 
my parents had a objection to it because it was witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah. But then my younger sister was allowed to watch Wizards of Waverly Place. So explain that one to me. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Doesn't add up. So basically I was neglected. <laughs> um so now as an adult uh brie loves the books and she had seen all the movies and one of the dates we had gone on to the drive-in i saw um i saw we saw two of them i saw goblet of fire and, and maybe it was prisoner of azkaban and then goblet of fire mm-hmm. I th- yeah i think it was three and four that we we saw and so that was my first time ever watching a movie. And so I jumped in, not at the beginning. <laughs> and that's the best place to jump in right in the middle. I know. Right. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, uh, fast forward a little bit. And one of the ideas that Brie had dropped for Christmas this year was that she wanted the books again. Cause she didn't know where hers had ended up. And so mm-hmm. I found the box set. And she was like, I want to read them again. And I also want you to read them for the first time. And then we can talk about it. And so that was cooking. And then in the like months leading up to Christmas, we watched all the movies because they're all on HBO Max. And so mm-hmm. I started, we started at uh, Sorcerer's Stone at the, at the beginning this time. And then we rewatched all the way through. And so I got to see all the movies you know, within a pretty decent time frame of each other, you know, it's not like I had to wait a while. And so now I've seen all the movies and I'm in the middle of Goblet of Fire, the book, mm-hmm. um, and I'm enjoying them. So all this is happening. And then they say that they're going to drop the game. And I didn't really know much about it other than I was like, oh, this is interesting and I'm going to look into it. And then I started hearing about the controversies and I won't go into it heavily because I know it's a nuanced issue, but what it really boils down to is there are a few issues that are pretty personal to me because I have people in my life that it directly affects them. And these are people that I care about and these are people that I respect and when you learn that some of your decisions could negatively impact these people, that's when I say, okay, I'm not going to partake in this. So I did a lot of research. I did more research on the controversies around the game than I did actually the game itself because I needed to know, you know, what was going on before I decided if I was going to pay $60 for this title or not. Um, And I talked to my friends and I did some reading and I looked at what JK Rowling had said and the the things that she has put out in public statements uh, leading up to and after the game's release. And I just decided that morally I cannot justify purchasing the game. I also won't pirate it because that's not two rights. Don't make a wrong, you know, two wrongs don't make a right the other way around. You get it. Two wrongs don't make a right. So this will just be something I miss out on, but it's because there are people that matter to me that, that are more important than a video game. Yeah. I mean, you do you, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever choice makes you, makes you 
feels right to you. I guess that's what I'm trying to say there. Uh, diverging from that, can you can you tell me when video games jumped up ten dollars per game? Because I remember on back in the I remember way back in the day when I was just a wee lad and I had my Xbox, the original Xbox, and games were thirty nine ninety nine, brand new. And then somewhere along the way, they ended up being forty nine. Ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I remember it's yep. like, oh my gosh, fifty dollars. The three sixty. Almost all the new titles that I had for the Xbox three sixty were fifty. Yep. And, and I had the Slim, so it was later in the three sixties lifetime. Yeah. But. And then I'm going and looking at games now because for the longest time I was just on, I was just on my PC plan and I from Steam. I I never bought a game at full price. I was just waited till it went on sale, but. You know, then I got this one, the PlayStation. I was getting a few more, and I was like, "Man, when did games go up to like sixty and seventy dollars?" Yeah, um, it it definitely started as P. I, I, I mean, it was here and there before, but once PC gaming really started to pick up steam, and people were using PC as an alternative to current gen consoles and steam i guess i guess steam was always pretty prominent but i remember once these bigger open world games that are really optimized for pc once those started hitting the market it was like those first few big ones became and i'm trying to remember i think grand theft auto 5 might have been one of the first Hunter, that was ten years ago. I know. Like I feel, I feel like having this conversation. It's uh, you know back in my day, top conversation. But it. It, it's crazy. It's how... ridiculous. So, <laughs> seventy eighty dollars. The weird thing about our generation, because you know we were the we were the generation that grew up really with the internet. As mm-hmm. we were the first generation to grow up with it. You know, our, our parents, they were young adults when the internet started. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's been interesting because technology has advanced so quickly and so dramatically. Yeah. That looking back on, for example, high school, because I mean, I have an Xbox 360 out in our living room right now, and I have recollected all the games that I had you know, growing up and and it's so weird to think at how how old those are because there's such a cultural phenomenon around those things. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was to say Grand Theft Auto Five, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. You know, you can go on YouTube and watch videos of Grand Theft Auto Five right now. It doesn't feel like ten years ago. But then you look at it and like The Last of Us. The Last of Us came out on the PlayStation three. Oh my gosh. And it's just been remastered for the five. And they're about to drop it on PC. I I found when I was cleaning out some stuff when we were moving, I found my original Xbox and I found my NCAA football game, which I'm I'm a big sports <laughs> game fan. But this game, just to tell you how far we came, this game came with the Xbox. Like it was included oh in there. And it was I, I played it. And obviously graphics aren't the same or anything like that. No. But 
just to see the evolution and then go back. It's like, oh, this is so fun. (laughs) And I got that. Gosh, say I'm gosh, I feel so old now. I bet I got that game 20 years ago. Golly. Yeah. Like. I still have a couple. I still have a couple PlayStation 2 titles that I've kept from my childhood. Not I didn't save very many, but I saved some of them. And I was playing one the other day because we've been in a very nostalgic game mood. Mm-hmm. And so I was playing it and I pulled out because do you remember in those days you could get cheat codes off the Internet? Yep. And you had to print them out. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> had them folded up in the game case. Yeah, yeah. So I open up this game case. It's the um, it's the Transformers game for the PlayStation 2. It's based off of the show Transformers Armada. And uh, I saved it. And so I opened this game case and there's these two yellow, crinkly, (laughs) papyrus looking cheat code sheets shoved in this game case. And my however year old handwriting just scrawled all over. (laughs) Paper disintegrates when you touch it. And I'm like, I'm like, this is not. It's not been this long. There's no way it's been this long, but here's the evidence that it has been this long. And it's just trippy to me because I don't know. It it, it feels like we've come such a long way, but it's all still so readily available. Mm-hmm. And and it's like the time has just has just flown by. And I know people that, who are older than us are like, "Yeah, get used to it." Like, but it's still it's still mind-boggling. Well, see, we, I like to call us like the tweener generation because we were kids before the internet. And then we were tweens and teens, you know, during when, like, I remember the first smartphone that came out. Yeah. I had a, I had one of those old school Blackberries that had the rollerball in it. Uh, Yeah. The little textured rollerball. Yeah. I mean, that. Those buttons were so hard to press. Yeah, but <laughs> but looking back, man, it, that, it, you're exactly right. It's crazy to see how far, I mean, just specifically gaming, because that's what we're talking about, and, you know, just tech we use, how far it's came in just such a little amount of time. My grandma is one of those, like, she always has a story. You know, she had to, she got a ride with a milkman to school and, the you know, barefoot both ways uphill to school. type thing but that's how i feel talking about some of these games and seeing how far they've all (laughs) far they came and i think the best way i can describe like the i i don't know if nostalgia shock is the right word for it but the best way i can describe it is you know when you get off a roller coaster and Mm. you walk outside you've just gotten off you you debark from the car you walk outside and you're standing there back in the amusement park or whatever. Yep. And it's like life has resumed from this exhilarating three minutes you've just had. But it feels like, you know, you were in there for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. I'm, I'm it, right there with you. I agree like, completely. It's like time has been warped and there's there's this weird reflection where you look back and you're like, wow. That was significant. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's interesting. It's it's really interesting to 
to think on. But the good news is we can relive all that stuff. Yes. Because our media does not decompose as quickly as like a record or a cassette tape. <laughs> as quickly you know? as that paper that you had shoved in the game case. Right. Our discs tend to last a little bit longer, provided you don't wipe your table up with them. <laughs> it just makes me laugh Think, thinking <laughs> that paper, you just open it up. It's just yellow crust. I'm going to have to send you a picture. Like, <laughs> I don't even think I described it good. <laughs> Hunter, that paper's been in there long enough where that piece of paper would have decomposed already. Yeah. <laughs> it would have. If it was in a landfill, it would be dust. <laughs> Somehow I've I've mummified it and preserved it. <laughs> in moving boxes no. and totes over the years. <laughs> mm. I'll tell you the one thing I am happy that has advanced, though, is uh, us being able to get fiber internet now because... I live in, I'll say it's middle of nowhere. I'm, it I'm, is the middle of nowhere. Okay, it's, it's, it's a little middle of nowhere-ish, but we were able to get fiber from the uh, electric company, and I feel like I have just entered the the newest century. I mean, we've had it for a few months, but going from regular internet providers that we have in town, it's like, you're lucky if you can get 25 or 30 megs at any given time Mm -hmm. and you know if it rains well you might as well just remember how to read because the internet's (laughs) going to go out and it it, it was ridiculous and then we got fiber hooked up and it's like oh my gosh my internet doesn't go out anymore i can be on the computer and my phone and have the tv on and nothing has to buffer (laughs) Uh, that's that's the best part about <laughs> advancing technology. That's right. That's right. I keep hearing that we're going to get fiber, but I don't know when. I just keep hearing that it's going to happen, which who knows. I'm going to tell you the secret, um, and I just know because it worked for some family. Mine got hooked up pretty quick once once we bought the house and got on the list. But if you can, if you when you figure out who's putting it in and whatnot, call them every single day and ask about it. And eventually they get tired of you calling and they just send someone to hook it up for you. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to try that. Give it a shot. <laughs> like my, my parents, they live even more off the beaten path than I do. It, it was so bad there that the only, before they were able to get fiber in, they had to use uh, satellite internet. And my friend, I kid you not, I did a speed test when I was over there one day just to see how bad it was. They were at 48 kilobots <laughs> at that time when I did the test. No. Kilobots. <laughs> no. They couldn't stream anything. Uh, you know, you might be able on your phone to pull up a web page or whatever, but internet, yeah. no. That's pretty sorry. <laughs> kilobot speed. I don't even know how you can get kilobot speed. Like there, I f- must, there must have been a kink in the wire somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they were very grateful when when they were able to get it hooked up. But it it was to the point where 
when I would go over there, if I had something like specifically online that I had to do, I remember mom would tell me sometimes she's like, you might just have to go to McDonald's and use their Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. That feeling when McDonald's has better speeds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I I don't miss those days and uh, you know, blessed with a job where I can afford better internet. So I'm, I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to use this internet for all it's worth, but Ah, man, what a trip down memory lane. Onward and upward, you know. <laughs> Onward and upward. So, Hunter, tell me a little bit about your house. Oh, boy. How do you want to do this? Because as you know, there was a whole process. So do you want to talk through it like in waves where we talk about the looking and then the inspections? and? Yeah, just start from the beginning. We'll we'll okay. we'll, we'll just go that way because that I, I I think that's what people need to understand is yeah. not you know once you get the house you know everybody knows unless you get like a new build you're gonna have to do some stuff to it but right friends I'm here to tell you that when you are in the process of getting a home you might as well just go ahead and pull out three or four vials of blood to send to them. Right. Because it's ridiculous. So you spend things that not, I was not prepared for. Nobody told me these things. And I even took like, as part of, we got like a grant because Tennessee has some first time home buyer um, incentive programs for this area. And part of that is taking a course on buying a house. Mm -hmm. Even in that course, they didn't really talk about it. There is a significant financial and free time requirement to even be in the process of looking for a house. Oh, yeah. It's not like all that is free or easy. There are costs associated with almost everything. And there was a time and we'll get there. There was a time where I was like, we will not be able to justify spending money to keep looking at houses. (laughs) I was like, we need to find something soon because we are spending money on inspections and reports and then they're falling through and that's money just gone. Yep. So to, to back it up, those are things I didn't know. And so, if you were thinking about tuning out, maybe give it a listen because there are some things that I did not know that would have been very valuable to know going in and nobody told me. So quick background. I'm sure those of you who've listened before remember, but to catch up those who don't know, we, Bree and I moved in together in a small studio apartment there was one bedroom and one bathroom that was the first place we lived and i make the joke cody's been in that apartment he knows how small it was oh yeah i make the joke that and that was during covid too if we could survive living in that tiny little space quarantined then we could survive anything else a marriage would throw at us oh yeah i mean your your apartment was perfect for a college student, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but literally it was, what would you say? Six steps from end to end. (laughs) 
yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was it was small. There was enough room to get a queen size bed, and there was enough room to have a desk and one shelf, and then I think That's I had a, a small <laughs> a small dresser, but it was small. So point is, we lived there first, and then we moved in with you'll remember him, my friend Mac. He was a groomsman. Um. We moved in with Mac because we weren't sure where we were going to end up. Jobs were in flux. I had just graduated. I didn't know what was going to happen. So we didn't want to get tied down with something like a yearly somewhere. So we went month to month and lived with Mac in his house. And then once I got settled at my job and we knew we were going to hang around for a while, we, um, we, we found a rental. And that is where most of our troubles happened because <laughs> renting in this day and age is an absolute grift and a nightmare because the house we had, it was a town home. It was very, very nice, but management was abysmal. The neighbors felt entitled to basically be involved in your life and as be around as much of your property as close as they wanted to be. And so it just, there was no privacy within this community. And, and you know, it's something that Bree and I joked about, but I really do think it's, it's sincere. Um, there's some truth to it. My, my belief is that there is a condition to Southern hospitality because you hear all the time, Oh, Southern people are so nice. Southern people are so nice. They're, they're really hospitable, you know, Southern hospitality. It's a thing with that. You will often find that there are people who are very nice to you, but they feel entitled to be involved over your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed a lot of that in that community. We had, I had damage done to my vehicle and I literally had to shout at the dad of the child who did it because they were his children were playing within the white lines of my parking spot with their scooters and that's how it got scratched and like i mean you've seen a parking spot you don't do that you don't you don't get within the white like my car's in the white lines and if you're standing in the white lines that's way too close they had the entire parking lot <laughs> yeah and so he didn't understand he could not fathom why i was upset and he's like well they scratch my car all the time and i'm thinking that's great you made them <laughs> they can scratch your stuff. I didn't make those kids. Therefore, they don't get to scratch my stuff. So I literally had to shout at him to make him understand that his children did a dam did damage to something that wasn't theirs and that that was a problem. They did a and damage. They did a damage. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the landlords were just not consistent with the rules. There were rules that were incredibly too strict that did not make any sense that they could not possibly enforce. Then they had rules that were very vague and open-ended that then they would randomly decide to enforce and fine you for them. They, they were supposed to, they couldn't even abide by their own rules technically because they're supposed to give you 24 hours notice before they enter your unit. And they very rarely did that. And oftentimes they would enter the unit when I was not home, but Bree was, and she was either asleep or in the shower, which is a big no, no. You don't come into somebody's house for sure. You know, no matter what. So that was something that we had to continually talk with maintenance about. Um, 
the rent, they told us our rent was guaranteed to go up anywhere between five and 15%. Guaranteed to go up between five and 15% annually, which we did not find out until the end of our first year. That was nowhere in the paperwork that we signed. Surprise. They They just told us by word of mouth at the end of the first year, oh yeah, your rent's gonna go up every year. So we mm. knew we knew that renting was was a temporary solution. We weren't going to do it forever, but it became, especially in in the housing market, it was it's kind of scary to get get in the housing market. But I spoke with some financial advisors, and uh, I spoke with some mortgage people, and they kind of read the tea leaves for me, and they said, "Hey, listen, here's how much you're paying." Here's how much you're guaranteed to be paying next year. Here's how much it's going to cost monthly to to buy a house and pay a mortgage. At a certain point within the next couple years, you are going to be paying more in rent than you would be paying a mortgage on a home. And so we decided it was time to start looking. Uh, We were fed up, obviously, with, with all the the privacy breaches and the management problems and, and that we were paying so much and having such a bad experience. And then we, we also decided, Hey, you know, this is, this is financially unstable for us to continue to live in a place that's guaranteed to just keep increasing in cost with, with seemingly no cap. So we started looking for a house and we looked at at first there wasn't much out there and we found one that we liked and we put an offer in on it and we lost the offer to somebody who was paying cash above asking price, which happened more than once. Oh yeah. So these, these folks come from out of town and they come with stupid amounts of money from wherever they've sold their house. And they come to the areas where homes are cheaper and they just throw cash at these houses and raise the prices for everybody. So it's not great, not an ideal situation. So we missed out on a couple houses that we, we did like. We got outbid. Um, then we found a, a new construction home. Because, I mean, what happens first is you, you get your realtor. He takes you through, like, whatever house you want to look at, the realtor takes you through. And after you do your tour, they say, hey, do you want to put an offer in on this? And that doesn't cost anything. So if you want to put an offer in on the house, he just has you sign some paperwork. You do that. And then the seller can either accept or counter or reject. And in our case, we were rejected because they accepted somebody else's cash offer at a higher, um, at a higher price. It's like deja vu. I know. I guarantee. <laughs> I knew that you would experience this too because it is a it is a common problem right now. I've heard more than one person tell me that this is something that happened to them when they were looking for a house. I don't know where these people are coming from, why they have this much money, and why they've decided to move into these communities. But the people who live here, and I've got a pretty well paying job for this area. The people who live here are suffering because they're they're making the housing rates go up and it's i know life ain't fair i get that but it's a little shady to do 
to come in and throw money around and have no awareness or care for the repercussions because it does it does affect people people who've lived here their whole lives i didn't i'm not i don't even live here I'm not lived here my whole life uh i've only been here for eight years but people who've lived here their entire lives and they're getting priced out of homes so that's another tangent it's the whole system is is not perfect so we lost some offers we found a house that uh was brand new new construction but it had been on the market for a while and it had its price lowered and that's red flag number one and let me say very very clearly if something has been on the market for a long time and the price has been lowered and especially if it's new you have to look at that with a very careful eye mm -hmm. so we found this house brand new sitting empty been on the market for a while had had the price lowered so we go and we look at it and we like it it's a little small it needs a uh, outhouse like with uh, an outbuilding where you could store things there's storage options are very minimal in this i like the thought of you having an outhouse at a new construction <laughs> <laughs> i need an outdoor toilet yeah. I, I meant outbuilding, but outhouse is what came <laughs> that, out of my mouth. That was the deal breaker. No outhouse. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I'm not crapping in a hole, <laughs> I don't want to live there. In the middle of my yard. That's right. Waving at the neighbors as they mow their lawn. <laughs> so we like this house. We recognize it's got some problems. And I asked the realtor, I'm like, what's the story with this? What's the problem? And he said, well, it was built by trade school students so he's like oh he's like people are wary of buying a house that is built by trade school students because they believe that it's not built at the same quality he said however trade school students are are overseen by a teacher or somebody licensed so there's somebody looking over this process and and it's not what people make it out to be and he's like so with that in mind totally cool if you want to move forward with it or avoid it and i said well let's just see what happens when we get an inspection because obviously always do an inspection listen always if you hear one thing out of my mouth always get an inspection they're expensive and you don't get that money back if the house does not work out but you would rather pay to have an inspection and know that a house is crap than you would to skip it and then buy a several hundred thousand dollar home that is a lemon. Couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly what would have happened in this case. So just to list off the few things that I noticed, windows were crooked, cabinets were, were falling off, hinges, uh, Things were very loose and uneven all over the place. They had stuck a short and fat hot water heater in a very small room, which you need to have a tall, skinny hot yeah. water heater inside. So they had a very short, fat hot water heater. And they had built like a plywood shroud to go around the hot water heater that they color matched to the wall. And it was just like, a corner of wood just shoved over this this hot water heater barely any room for a washer and dryer 
The shower was not grouted at the top. You could see straight through to the drywall. Oh, no. And then we had an inspector look at it. So not only, the story wasn't just that it had been built by trade students. The foundation had been laid on site. The frame had been built somewhere else. And they they put it on a truck. (laughs) They put it on a truck. And they drove it to the site where they then attached the frame to the foundation. They did not waterproof the foundation and they did not bolt the frame to the foundation. Oh my. As much as they should have. There are, there were missed bolts. You know, there are spots where it should have been bolted down and it, it had not been. You're giving me anxiety right now. Yeah. Imagine my face. (laughs) The support structures for the main walking beam of the house, which is the main beam that runs underneath the floors, where all your floor joists are based off, that support was free-floating in midair. Oh. They had taken regular wood shims from Lowe's, and they had hammered them in because they did not get the measurements right. It wasn't secured to the foundation. So they just shimmed it. But over time, something had settled and those shims had fallen out. So the main structure of the house was just floating in midair. Uh, I don't know how that is even legal to sell. I don't think it was. Oh my goodness. The, the ceiling, up in the ceiling, they have manufactured trusses and your the manufactured truss is, is built in such a way that it is structurally integral. If you cut it, it's no longer structurally integral, <laughs> which is what they had done because they did not know that where they put the attic access or the, the, the crawl space in the roof, whatever, the attic access, mm-hmm. they had put that door directly under a truss. So to solve this problem, they cut a hole in the truss. Oh yeah, logic. (laughs) They had used an incorrect sealant all over the roof. So all the vents and like spouts that come out of the roof for airflow Mm -hmm. were incorrectly sealed. And the inspector said, one good rain and you're going to leak on your roof. He also said, he also pointed out that the the foundation had not been appropriately, excuse me, waterproofed and that there was already mold growing underneath the house. Brand new. Nobody had even lived in it yet. I can feel my heart rate just increasing as you're telling this story. It's awful. It's so bad. And then to add insult to injury. So there was like a front little patio at the front door. Mm-hmm. They had just built like a brico block frame for the for the little patio, and they had filled it with gravel, and then they put pavers on top of the gravel, and then filled in the the gaps in the pavers with sand. And so the inspector's like, "Come with me," and he takes a ruler and just starts picking away at this sand, and it's falling through 
down into this gravel abyss underneath where the patio was. And he's like, another thing where it's one good rain and your whole front patio is going to like just crumble in on itself. I don't, think, I don't think the siding was attached appropriately. It was flapping in the wind and pieces of it had already fallen off. What else? I told you about the shower already. Oh, the big kicker was. So I mentioned the cabinets being loose and not centered. And I mentioned the hot water heater. All of the appliances and cabinets in the kitchen, and including the hot water heater, were scratch and dent bought or pulled from a house that had been torn down. So all the cabinetry was not new. It was old cabinetry from another home that has now been put in this new house because he, the inspector opened it up and he's like, look, and there were holes where the old sink hardware were mounted. And then they had drilled new holes for the new sink. And then he said, look up here. And there was spots where the cabinets didn't align perfectly, you know, because they pulled cabinets from a house and tried to shove it in this new floor plan. Mm -hmm. They had taken like a one by six piece of wood and just crammed it in a gap where the cabinets did not line up and painted it over to make it look like it was part of the cabinets. The fridge had like melted popsicles in it. <laughs> and I want you to know that the fridge still had its stickers on it. Like it said, like the 10 year warranty, like it looked new, but then you open it up and it's got like melted popsicles in it. So the moral of the story was this house had sat for so long and the price had been lowered because they had cheaped out on it and nobody wanted to buy it. And we, before we knew any of this, our offer letter said, you know, we want you to put blinds in because the house had no blinds. And the builders said, no, we're not going to do that. Well, that was just, that was just icing. The whole structure of the house was fundamentally flawed. It was already molded. It wasn't structurally sound. The roof was going to leak. The entire thing was absolutely destined to fall apart before anybody had even stepped foot in it and lived in it the first time. Finally, we we skipped on this house. Thank I, goodness. Really? Yeah, no, shocker, right? Thought you wanted to fix her up or <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to fix her up or not a death trap. <laughs> not not a do it all or <laughs> Yeah. Not a the only way to fix her up or that one was to tear it down and start over. <laughs> so that house, we skipped out on it. We told our realtor you know, no, we will not be living here. It, after we got the inspection, we sent it to him. And I think he might've reported it to be honest. Cause I was like, this is bad. And so I think he, cause he did, he messaged me back. The realtor said, do you mind to share your inspection with other buyers? And I said, you take it, I said, put, it put it up on a billboard. I don't care. <laughs> Tweet it out. Yeah. Don't let anybody else fall for this. Finally. So we skipped. Finally, that house got sold to what looks like a couple college students. And I am just waiting for the day that I see in the newspaper that it collapsed into the ground and they are both dead because it is bad. 
I can't believe that they were allowed to, to, to buy it and allowed to live there. I am shocked. It was an absolute tenement of a house dressed up as a brand new construction. Mm. So <laughs> at this point in our journey, after this had happened, all hope seemed very lost because we had spent all this time and all this money to get a, an inspection. And we were no closer to having a house than we were before we even started looking, which is the downside to inspections. It is not as bad as moving into a house that would crumble and mold and leak. But it is something to consider that if you keep finding houses that aren't going to work after you inspect them over and over and over again, you know, you're going to you're going to lose some money. I think our inspections were four hundred dollars a piece. So we were shelling out significant amounts just to even see if the house was worth buying. So we're a little discouraged. We're a little put out, obviously. And we find a cluster of houses that we're going to go look at. And we find one that's in a neighborhood that we'd looked in before. The houses that we'd looked in in this neighborhood were not very great. They were very dated. And floor plans were, were very crap. It was just not a good situation. Any of the houses we looked at. But then we walk into this one and it's a little bit different. Um, it is older. It's, it was built in 2000. It's, uh, it's got what we need. It has an outbuilding. It has an outhouse. I'm just kidding. I'm man. <laughs> It has an outbuilding. It has a fenced-in backyard for the dogs. It has four bedrooms. We were looking for three bedrooms. It has four bedrooms listed as a three-bedroom, but has four and two bath, which is what we're looking for. It has a semi-open floor plan for the living room and kitchen. It has vaulted ceilings in the living room, and it has a big bay window in the guest room. All things we had taught, or in the ma- in the master. I'm sorry. All, a big bay window in the master. All things we had talked about wanting or needing in some capacity. So here we find ourselves after having an abysmal time <laughs> standing in what is now the closest to our needs and our desires of, of what a house is. It's sitting empty. And I tell our realtor, let's move on it. Let's make an offer. Let's see what happens. The seller counters. And I think we accepted her counter. We either countered or... Anyway, so we accepted her offer. So we moved into inspection. And of course, we're still a little raw from (laughs) what had happened. And a house being, you know, 22 years old is kind of a concern for us because we're like what are we going to find here you know if that new house had all this all these problems what are we going to find here the same inspector came out that was at the other place and i i came up to him i met him here and he said he said i'm gonna tell you what he said this is in so much better shape than that other one we looked at and he said, this house has been very well taken care of. It is older, of course. You're going to have creaks. But there are a few minor minor leaks underneath, you know, in, on the water pipes. Nothing crazy. 
the roof will need to be replaced in a couple years. But all in all, it's a it's a great house and it's been taken care of. It's older, but but it, it's in good shape. And so we bought it. <laughs> and that's where I am right now. Uh, uh so we we bought the house and at this point uh my mother-in-law had moved in with us at, at the apartment because her apartment had changed hands and the landlords were just as scummy as ours were and they were not fulfilling their requirements so she moved in with us and uh so she we we started moving slowly because we had enough time left on our 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 lease that we we could kind of drag our feet a little bit on moving sure and we tried to get out of our lease early but the landlords were jerks and they went back on their word they told us that we could leave early but then they went back on their word and i have the text messages that say he's like i did say that the landlord texted me personally and said i did tell you that uh you could do that but i didn't think that you would come back and cash in on it all these months later <laughs> i said you could but i didn't think you'd actually do it yeah i mean and i said you know i could understand that concern but you never gave me an expiration date you know you told me you told me that that i could do this if i wanted and you didn't say, but within the next month. So he's just a scumbag. Uh, I have no problem saying it. They are trash and I'm not the only one. You talk to anybody else who's rented from them. I bet you you'll find a similar story because I talked to other, other tenants and I didn't hear one person who was happy with them. So if you find the one person who's happy with them or more, I'd love to know it. So they, could, they wouldn't let us out. So we had some time. We closed on the house. We had it. Uh, my mother-in-law moved over here and started living over here because they were giving us shit. Sorry, we'll beat that. They were giving us crap about her being in the house in our apartment with us. They did not like that she was there. So we moved her over here. And so she was here and we were slowly packing up. And so over the course of about a month, we painted and slowly moved. And then finally, all the big stuff that we couldn't move we had movers come and do like all the big furniture and stuff. Yeah. So we moved slowly, which was a good and a bad thing because it gave us time, but it also felt like nothing was done. And for a while there, we were not at home at either place. Yeah. You know, half your stuff is here. Half your stuff is there. Yeah. And it, it just is really difficult. You know, you can knock out a move in a weekend and you're exhausted, but it's all done. Or you can do it this way and it's systematic and it's clean and and you can can do it at your own pace, but there's no finality to it uh, until, until you get it all. So uh, we did that and in this situation, that was the best case scenario for us. But now we're here. Now we're here and we're settled in and we're loving it. Uh, they say that when you buy a house, they say, oh, you know, you got to take care of all your own maintenance. And in our case, uh, that's a godsend that we get to take care of our own maintenance because nobody busts in on my wife when she's un, uh, unclothed. <laughs> <laughs> nobody lets themselves in the front door when I'm not here. And I will gladly do my own maintenance if that's that's the deal. So um, 
I guess the last thing is I touched on earlier. I said that we had our first insurance claim. We had some pretty bad windstorms and uh, we had some shingles blow off. Again, we knew the roof was going to need to be looked at in a couple years. Mm-hmm. We had some shingles blow off. Insurance came out. They looked at it. They're going to put us in for a full replacement. Oh, that's so good. Home insurance is also a godsend. Um, but yeah. We love it. We love it here. We have some projects going on and that's all in the future. So we can talk about that at any point, but I have gone on for long enough on the process. And that is literally the cliff notes version until you go through. And I I know, you know, but until you go through it and you're like, Oh, this just never ends. Like that was just the highlights. What I, what I talked about. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. We, We had a little different, situation we say the day we went and looked we, we'd been talking about it for a while and um we were in the spot where i was ready i'd brought myself mentally to start looking because just the thought of spending that much money and <laughs> taking on that much debt it was it took me a little while but i was like all right, you know, this weekend, why don't we just start looking around? I mean, the market in this area was a, it was affected somewhat, but I mean, it wasn't near as bad as what some of the other, um, other homes like in surrounding cities were in some inflated prices, but we went that day and we looked at three. Okay. So first one we went and looked at, it was a, New build, beautiful house. The yard was straight up and down, which I didn't like. But uh, new build, beautiful house, you know, looked nice and everything. But our realtor basically told us, you know, this one's going to have a bidding war. I can just tell you right now. And I I knew what I wanted to pay. And I wasn't going (laughs) to, this was at the upper limit and I wasn't going to pay more than that. So we kind of just put that one out. Um, and Hunter, you'll really enjoy this one. Uh, or I'm sorry, the third one. The second one is the one we ultimately ended up going with. We came here, walked in. It just felt so homey. Um, older house. Yeah. Love it. Um, wonderful place. Um, but we, we, we left and we went to look at the third one after we had, we had saw this one. Old, this one was older, smaller, but... It, it felt felt homey when we walked in. The third one was also a new construction. Okay. Now, one of my things I wanted was I didn't really want to be in a subdivision, but I could live with it. I just wanted to be able to have some semblance of privacy. Right. Know, have some kind of yard. So we go into this new house and as we're driving to it, uh, you know, GPS is like, your destination is on your left. Hunter, I could literally, I bet I had turned off the main highway for six seconds before <laughs> it was telling me to turn. So we get in there. The house is absolutely beautiful. Okay. The the layout is so nice. Like, I really liked the, the bathroom. It had the double vanity. Um, the way the bedrooms were, like, you kind of it almost had like a little corner in the hallway that you had to go, th- go down where like a coat closet was. It, it sounds silly trying to explain it here, but the layout was phenomenal. Okay. 
location. As soon as we got there, me and Caroline just looked at each other and we were, you know, we gave, gave that look. We weren't sure, but we were going to give it, give it a shot. So we go in, look around, and I'm looking out the window of the kitchen, which is facing towards the highway. I was like, you know, I really don't like that. It's a little, little too close for me. So then, Hunter, I go into the bedroom. And I look out the window. And this, this is a one-story home. It's just, uh, just kind of elevated. But I look out the window. And the neighbor on the other side of a chain-link fence was a sweaty hot mess sitting with his shirt off in in a like a outdoor lounge chair had a cold beverage in his hand and was slouched over and he looked up at me and waved <laughs> we're leaving <laughs> i literally walked back into the main area and we had been there for th- three minutes at this point, Hunter. Three minutes. <laughs> I looked at our realtor. I said, we're not going to live here. <laughs> <laughs> the house was so beautiful. It was the, the I don't, when they built it, the, 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 whoever did the floor plan, kudos to them. It was so perfect. But the location, I could, I could think of a couple worse places, but there's not very many. Yeah, that's everything. You yeah. have to be in a good location. Yeah, it was it was horrible just looking out. And like the yard was, the lot wasn't very big. I mean, that, you know, it's our first house. I can deal with that. But the slouching neighbor on the left side, see the highway and hear the highway from inside the house in front of us. And I I didn't even make it to look out the right side to see what was over there. <laughs> I don't even know if this house is sold yet, Hunter. That's the nuclear power plant is out the right. Yeah. <laughs> last time we last time we looked, it like it gets. We'll see it come across Facebook occasionally, but it, it was just one of those where uh, it it had they've dropped the price several times, and it, I don't think it's because of build quality. I think it's a hundred percent because of location. Yeah. And it's a shame because that is such a pretty house. And if it was literally anywhere else, we would have bought it. But so we come back to the second one here and love it. Such a nice place. Um, Turns out the lady who was here, Caroline's grandma and her were friends. Uh, We didn't know it at the time, but um, yeah, came in and it's one of those just felt cozy and, we ended up, um, you know, we, we put the offer in and this gave me some faith back in a little bit of the market. The guy immediately accepted our offer. Like it, it was literally like a 10 minutes from offer to getting the return phone call. Are you for real? That is so for real. And the guy had told it because we were going to wait till Monday. This was on a Friday. Okay. I was like, I was like, you know, let's let's wait and think on it. And I was trying to talk myself out of it. And, uh, Caroline gave me the puppy dog eyes and I was like, Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. And he accepted it. 
And it turns out that um, we found out when we went back for uh, another walkthrough after, you know, we got under contract that that same day uh, or the next day, that Saturday, he had gotten a higher offer than what ours was, but he, he had already agreed to it with us and he had every right to back out of it. But he uh, he said he, he wanted, didn't want to go back on his word. So, wow, that's great. Yeah, it was it was, you know, so j- just the perfect situation. Um, we love the house. But I'm going to tell you, since, you know, that's kind of my story, I'll tell you kind of from the other end of things what it's like when you're trying to acquire a mortgage. Yep. This was the most painful process I have ever went through in my life, I, I do believe. So first off, you got to go and you we got pre-qualified. Okay, that's just a 10 minute form you fill out and then they'll kind of call you back and get the the ball rolling. So you have to send in so much paperwork to do all this. So much. They want financial statements. They want retirements. They want all your accounts to everything that you have. It's ridiculous. And the, the further in the process you go, the more documents you have to have for it all. At one point, I kid you not, I was honestly thinking they may ask me for like a blood sample because that is how much they were requiring of me. I mean, I've, I've been at school for a couple years now, three years coming up. And, you know, I've had a, had a job uh, for most of it. So, you know... They obviously pull your credit so they can see all this stuff, but it was like just the things that they need and all the things you have to acquire. And it's not stuff that you just have readily available laying around. Nope. I mean, like statements for, you know, salary that you get, you know, biweekly or whatever. It's 2022 at the time. I'm paperless for everything. So I have to go and find where to get all these documents and uh, yeah, I won't go into it, but I had to go on, on to my job site to actually get film. And it was just a ridiculous process. And we also had to do that first time home buyers course, which, mm-hmm. you know, they, they explain to you how, you know, your interest and all that fun stuff is done. But yeah, they don't. They don't give you the information like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to have an inspection and a pest inspection and this and this, and you need to look for this. No, none of that. Um, went through that course, got that done, and then their system wouldn't accept the native copy format of the certificate I had to send in. I didn't just have to take this course. I had to send in the certificate that I completed this course. Yes, I did too. I did too. So I had to. Was yours like a basic, what looked like? Yeah, as a know, Fannie Mae course or something like that. It looked like something that you got given at, like for completing a season of a Little League game. Yes, yeah. It, it looked like a participation certificate. Yeah, yeah, mine did too. I was like, this is it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And then she she told me if I needed to, I could fax it in like. 
I've ever even used a fax machine. I mean, <laughs> what did she? What did, did she page you on your beeper? <laughs> yeah, she she sent, she sent sent me a messenger pigeon. To, oh my! <laughs> I ended up finally getting it uploaded, but it it was ridiculous, and it never fails when you are trying to do these things. You know, a lot of it's time sensitive because the seller obviously wants to get paid. You want to get ready to move in, and it never fails that you know you'll be in. You know, okay, I'm going to get this tomorrow because they just told me today at six o'clock and then tomorrow the system's down for maintenance. I mean, that that oh, stuff happened. Geez. Yeah, it happened so much every step of the way. Like you, you have your initial review, they go over all your financials and then uh, you'll they'll go to some other review process. And then the most stressful part is when you get to what's called, it goes to the underwriter, which is someone who basically picks through everything with a fine tooth comb. So, you know, you're sitting there and the, you're at their mercy <laughs> when you're going through all this. And cause they can, they could be mad and say, you know, uh, you know, this is closer to your, debt to income ratio than I like. Nope, nope, no home for you. I mean, it's, it's the most stressful process that one can, can go through. I, I imagine. I mean, obviously we're very privileged to be able to own a home and this might just be first world problems, but going through this process made me not want to ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm sure, you know, if our family grows, then we're going to have, we'll have to get somewhere else, but it is insane trying to get everything that they want and you have to do it in such a timely fashion. And then you have to schedule a second walkthrough and, yep. or, or a final walkthrough with, with for of the house and uh, inspection. I'm, it's expensive. We were, we were fortunate to just have to do the one um, once we, once we got it under contract. Um, the guy was super helpful. He he asked me if I wanted to walk around with him, so I went with him every step of the way. He was showing me stuff, and it was mainly nothing against the house. It was just you know the deck needs some love, little things like that. Because yeah. ours was built in '04, um, so again a little older. It it creaks when you step. You know when when you're three feet from the back wall on the left side, it, it creaks right there. I step on it every single night, it seems. <laughs> but yeah, that that part for us was not not quite what yours was. But man, going through that with with the bank, the actual mortgage process, yeah. and then you get your mortgage, you get your house, you get the keys, and that little statement pops up at the bottom that you're now hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> and it's you know you go on with life, and then out of nowhere you get a letter that that for some reason should have been sent to you two weeks ago. It says, "Oh, your mortgage is being transferred to this other servicer." Right. So then you go and you have to make a brand new account with them. Um, my advice: you should always call and you know just get acclimated and you know get everything set up. Make sure there's nothing else you need to do, and you're with them, and then. Two months later, you get another letter that you should have got two weeks before that's being it's being sold again to another servicer. I have been this past year, 
you know, we, we bought it in June. We have already had four different servicers. Oh my heavens. And, and I don't know what the criteria is for when they decide to sell. I've never been late and usually early. I pay a little bit extra on, on it to bring down the principal. But man, oh man, trying to keep track of all that because when tax time comes around, you've got to have all these tax forms for all these different servicers. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it has made me want to <laughs> move everything back to a, a paper society because <laughs> trying to remember and track down all these tax forms and everything. It's a lot, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's just ridiculous how many times it'll just get sold and you have no say in it. No, they just, they just tell you. Sometimes ours got sold. Well, I'll tell you this, like our mortgage process was very complicated, just like yours, but we had an app that I could upload stuff to. And even then, like I'd upload 10 documents and then they're like, Hey, can you expand on these? Like he, we need pay stubs going back two years. <laughs> and, and so I'd have to upload those and then they'd be all right, that's great. And then a couple weeks later they'd come back and say, all right, we need four more documents from you. And so even though I was able to upload them with the app, yeah, you are hundred percent. They want all of it. They want every single bit of the information that you can provide. <laughs> we need the name of the doctor who was working in the next word over in the hospital where you got born. Like, exactly. it, it's like, why do you need all this? <laughs> so our, uh, our mortgage got sold to another provider right as the first payment was due. And we received pretty vague instructions from the original provider about how to pay. And that was to mail a check. <laughs> mail a check. Which, yeah. which considering how much a mortgage payment is, is a considerable and scary amount to put in the mail. So... Within, I can't remember how long it had been. It, it hadn't been enough time for the check to get there, though. But I had sent the check off, and I had heard nothing. And so I was worried about it, and I called my mortgage guy, and I said, hey, listen, you know, I've mailed this check. Um, I followed all the directions. I don't is there an online portal? Like, is there somewhere where I can track where my payments are and, and how much is left? Like, I, I want to see all that. And he's like, well, we sold your mortgage. <laughs> it's like, excuse me. He said, yeah, you should have got a letter in the mail. I said, no, I didn't, I didn't even get a letter. I didn't get a letter at all. Nobody yeah. told me. I didn't even know this was possible. And he's like, yeah, well, you, you, I guess you, you, you then would have gotten some bills from the new uh, providers that they're going to be sending you some bills. Well, <laughs> uh, nope. I don't know if this happens to you, but when you, when you buy a new house, in our case, you are spammed till the cows come home oh with fake home and mortgage insurance offers. Oh my and gosh. Like all of it is fake. All of it is a scam, but it's public knowledge that you buy a new house. And so people will spam you and try to trick you into paying for something that is not real because they think they can, they can hoodoo you. So I had a pile of spam mail and I get these letters from a company that I don't recognize. And so I think, well, this is spam. 
So I put it in that pile. So my new mor my mortgage guy tells me the name of the new provider. And I go flip through this pile of spam mail and sure enough, there they are. But how was I supposed to know? I didn't get a letter saying, hey, these are who you need to be looking out for. If I had not called, I wouldn't have known. So mm. here's this check in the mail. And so I call my bank and I have them cancel the check because I don't want anything to happen to it. Because now I have to, like you said, you have to make a new account with a new provider and there's a whole different system about how to pay. And my mortgage guy goes, oh, you don't have to do that. Once we get it, we'll forward it to them. And I'm like, no, you won't do that because I don't want the check in the mail. And if by the time you get it, then forward it to them, it's going to be late. And so I canceled the check and I just went ahead and paid online. And so far we have not transferred to another provider, but boy, it was touch and go. And all that was timed right when the first payment was yep. due. And, and it was just. It was just, yeah, I didn't know that was possible. They didn't tell me it was a thing that could happen, that might happen, that would happen. I didn't get notified at all. I had to find out. Yeah. See, our last one, when it's uh, the last one or, or the previous one, when it, when it switched over, the only way that I knew was because when I went on to pay it on, on the web, the web portal I had currently, they had a notification in there that was saying it was being sold to this other servicer, which I come to find out is like an under company to the one I was already with. So it made no sense why they even swapped it over. They're like, yeah, you should get a letter from them. Never did. Never, never once got a letter. Yep. Cause I had to do some research and I was calling and I was like, are they part of your company? <laughs> and the lady's like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They handle some of that stuff. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're doing this for some kind of financial advantage and this, <laughs> this seems yeah. shady, but absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but you're right on with the, the spam mail that comes. I mean, I bet at one point in time, I didn't, I bet I went almost two weeks of not getting any meaningful mail because it was all just spam crap. <laughs> yes. It was bad. It was really bad. And it finally stops. Yeah. But, but boy, for a while there, it was just constant. Yeah. it It's insane. I mean, you'd think that they'd look and be like, oh, these people are young or yeah young millennials they're they're not going to fall for this so let's not waste our time but yeah. no it it was it was ridiculous the amount of mail that went through i would just shred it usually and i bet i emptied the paper shredder out four or five times just in that period when you get all of it just and that that was strictly from just crap mail that just kept coming yeah. and yeah it, and it's and there's that there's home insurance that they that you keep getting things for. There's uh, life insurance that keeps coming in, and I'm like, if I needed this, I would reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. so stop soliciting me. Yeah, it's it's <sighs> it's weird. So, 
I about got to the point where I was writing on return to sender just so that they'd have to deal with it coming back to them. Like it I was, thought about buying a stamp because you can buy a stamp that says return to sender. Oh yeah. But I, I ultimately didn't do it because we still get, we still get mail from the people who used to like three or four different families that used to live here. Yep. Yeah. Well, I just threw it away. I've, I've quit writing return to sender and putting it on, you know, at this point I just, I just throw it away. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not, but yeah, we'll get mail and it'll be addressed to the previous owner. And I'm like, she's, she, she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I literally, I started to the point where I always check the mail whenever I come in from work or whatever. And I always have a pen in my pocket. So if I see anything with, with their name on it, I literally write return to sender deceased <laughs> on every <laughs> single thing and throw it back in the mailbox. Yep. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. The, some of the stuff don't get me wrong. I absolutely love owning a house. I love having a place that's mine that I can do whatever I want in. We are very fortunate because we're in a subdivision that does not have any kind of HOA because that would have been a deal breaker. Yep. But it, you know, it is phenomenal. Anybody who's listening, if you get to the spot where you can, uh, you can get a mortgage, which as you've already heard, it, most of the time it's going to be cheaper anyway to have a mortgage than to rent for eighteen hundred or seventeen or fifteen hundred a month. So. Uh, get a mortgage when you can because we're running out of land and house prices after this dip we're about to go into, they're going to shoot right back up. So um, our house has already gained value and we've only been here for about six months. I believe it. I mean, in our subdivision, the further back you go, like towards the end of the lane, the houses are bigger. So they'll, they'll bring a little bit more, but there's one for sale on our lane. Um, let's see, it's probably probably three back from us that is for sale right now for probably sixty k over what we ended up paying. And these were all built right about the same time, so yeah, it's houses on the value is only going to go up. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's a process, but. I'll say it's worth it. I love having my house, but I don't want to do it again for a very, very long time. <laughs> We're locked in. I don't think you can do it for a long time. I think they told us a couple years before we'd even be able to to sell and, and try to buy something else. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't have the courage to, or mental reservation to do all that again for, <laughs> for two years. So they wouldn't yeah. have to worry about that, but. So we're not planning on going anywhere. We're happy with it. We're going to, we're going to work on this house and, and upgrade it a little bit. We've already done a couple things here and there that make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, we're not, we're not planning on going anywhere. Yeah. Ours. The big thing that, one thing we saw, because we looked up a ton of videos on, you know, things you can do for, for your home. And uh, one thing it said was pick a, obviously you got little stuff you got to do, but pick a major project every year and try to, you know, save up and, and try to get that done in the year. So yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to try this com- this coming year to replace the deck. That's going to okay. be try to get that done, um, and then we'll eventually end up <laughs> as is mo- in most houses that were built in the early 2000s. There's about five different types of flooring in this house. Yep. So. Luckily, the majority of it's real hardwood, so that's that's the the lion's share. So hopefully, we can we can match it and just get hardwood throughout the house. But there you go. But yeah, do one project, one big project a year, and your your value will shoot up. Well, ours has been picked for us already. We uh, we we're getting a new roof. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, you've. <laughs> Your, your your big project was decided. Yep, it was the decision was made. The wind it blew, and the decisions were made. <laughs> uh, Hunter, I've missed this. I am glad that that we're back in the saddle. Yes, me too. It has been it has been a nice break, but I'm happy to to go back at it and and be more regular with this because it it's fun. I enjoy this and I hope that the listeners enjoy it. And I hope that our friends who are are listening and who've begged us to come back, I hope it was worth it because we're going to be bugging you a lot more now. Oh yeah. And one thing that we had talked about that, you know, it's not on the front front burner right now, but you know, maybe one day, hopefully eventually we'll get some t-shirts made. I still think that the strawberry candy shirts would sell like hot candy. So (laughs) I think so. I think we need to, there are some options out there for us that involve not a lot of upfront capital on our end. Um, So I I think we can, we can come up with something, but we'll get back in the groove. Uh, Bear with us here for the first couple episodes. I think we agreed. Well, we're going to try to move to Mondays. Yeah. If, if possible. Good deal. So, and we're going again every two weeks. So, hopefully, uh, we you know we'll be able to have some better content. And uh, we had some issues in our previous season. We'll call it. Uh, sometimes we lose corrupted files or lose it. So that way, it'll give us some time where if something happens, we can jump back in and get her get her made up. So, right. Uh, it's been a blast, my friend. It's been so much fun. I'm glad that we're back at it. Thank you all for sticking with us and tuning in. And thanks for being a part of the Sun Babies. Sun Babies. I'm bringing it back. (laughs) Remember to go follow on Twitter at the Sun Pod, Instagram uh, at the dot sun dot pod. Because maybe we can get that guy on the, on the podcast sometime and see if he'll give us his, you want to harass him into giving up the username? (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll set up a, you know, dude, we, we know we, we watching it. We're loving your podcast. We come on hours and then it's just going to be harassment the entire time. (laughs) Ethical. (laughs) Hunter, my friend, we will talk to you next time. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Please like and subscribe.